It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Predator. Hey, movie maniacs, my name is Sky, and I'm ready to shoot my Gatling gun all over the place because I watched with my brother Dusty Predator, and we are here to discuss it. What is up, Dust? Hey, what's up, dude? I am super excited. We just came off of Top Gun. Yes. Awesome 80s movie. Now we get to the or Predator. Predator, awesome. Did you know that Predator was actually or possibly going to be titled or originally going to be titled Hunter? Uh, I heard that because I watched some of that making of footage that you recommended I watch. So YouTube has that making of footage. That's great. You guys should watch that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I'm really glad that they didn't call it Hunter because Predator is such a better name. Hunter makes you think, oh, it's some dude going out to kill deer in the woods like Dusty. Yeah, and, you know, I went to Alaska and went hunting and fishing. It's Yeah, hunting is fantastic. It's one of my favorite things to do. But, yeah, thinking of... But you wouldn't hun- call yourself a predator up there? No, I wouldn't. Yeah. No, no, it's a hunter. So, predator is a fantastic name for for this movie. Without a doubt. It, it is perfect, man. And and I was, I'm so glad that you chose it. Not only so that we can be ready for the Predator out in theaters next week, but just because it was so awesome and I actually watched it with my boys and they liked it just as much as I did. Oh, did they really? Mm-hmm. That is so awesome. I can't wait to have my boys watch it with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When are you, when would you do that? Like your boys are right now eight and six, eight and five, seven and oh, eight, geez. seven so and eight. Elias will be nine soon, like okay. in the next uh, month. So when do you think you would actually sit them down in front of Predator? Well, considering... Nine and nine? Well, not nine and nine, but I'm when the youngest is nine, maybe, or I, what? I don't know, because When recently... Melissa's not home to say no, <laughs> Dusty, don't show them that. <laughs> so what was interesting is I've been having all my all my kids, especially the boys, watch all the Marvel movies from beginning, from the very first one, in order that they were released, <clears> not like the you know, chronologically. But in the order they were released, and I've noticed them being a little more aggressive in general, like punching and kicking and yeah. choking and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And my wife isn't all that happy with that. She, I think those movies are bad influence. I'm like, so? <laughs> but, well, you know, oh, well, Predator, uh, as long as you keep the Gatling guns out of their hands, it'll good. be fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be hunting for aliens. Exactly. Hunting, yeah. But, um, I yeah, eventually they're definitely going to watch this movie. Yeah, good. It's, it's really worth it. You know, that's one of the things that I figured when I first had my first son, Mason, I figured, you know, eventually we're going to watch everything that I loved growing up together. Not only because they were awesome movies, but because really I think you have to watch because movies are such an important part of our overall collective of our society. And to really understand a ton of references, you have to go back and watch all these old movies. If you're a kid born right now and you live the next four 40 years and you never watch Predator, you never watch Top Gun, you never watch Terminator, uh, you never watch, I don't know, just so many things, you're missing out on life. And all those references that your parents are talking about, your other friends, people a little bit older than you when they talk about old movies and old actors, you're going to be out of the loop and you've got to watch these. Well, I completely agree. But then at the same time, I think of myself, you know, when they talk about like Ben-Hur or Spartacus. Well, don't you feel out of the loop? I do. Yeah. I haven't Wouldn't you rather a- be in the loop? <laughs> in the circle of trust? But I haven't Here's the a- circle of trust, Dust. <laughs> Here's you out here. <laughs> out here. <laughs> what movie was that from? I can't remember. That was from um, the... Uh, 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 Robert De Niro and um, what was oh, the name? Oh, Meet the Fockers. Well, Fockers. it might have been Meet the Parents, Meet the first the parents. one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's what it was. Dusty, come on. Here's the Ben Hur circle of trust. Get in it already. <laughs> so, have you seen all those movies? Those no, old- but exactly. I should. <laughs> 
do as I say. Yeah, as I exactly. Do. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a life lesson right there. there you go. Without a doubt, we've discussed that before. Um, yeah, but that's why I think these movies you have to watch. Uh, and well, I mean, from my own personal experience, anything from the '80s and beyond. But maybe that's because I grew up at that time. I bet people who grew up in the '70s they would think, "Hey, you've got to start with movies in the '70s. You got to be watching." Whatever happened in the 70s, I can't even think of any off the top of my head. Well, you know, when we're thinking about creating this podcast, we started thinking of, hey, what a, we like movies, but we've learned a ton from movies growing up all through our lives. And now we're going back, watching these movies, knowing that we've learned a ton and mm-hmm. trying to pick up either new things that we're learning now or all at the same time, what did we learn back then? But um, I know walking away from like the like this movie, The Predator, or Predator Walking away from it, I never thought I learned something like this is specifically what I learned. But I know it changed. Like yeah. I, my, the the worldview that I have in like just um, different dynamics, it it affected me because I really loved the movie. I th- thought the movie was fantastic. I was like, man, I want to be in the military. I want to be. <laughs> I want to mm-hmm. carry a Gatling gun. Yeah. and stuff like that. Oh my gosh, for sure, for sure. Um, so this movie came out back in 1987, and let me tell you something. I don't know if you looked this up, Dust, but the top three grossing movies that year. Number one, it blew my mind when I saw this. Three Men and a Baby. What? Was number one top grossing domestic grossing movie of the year. That is crazy. It is crazy. Number two, Fatal Attraction. Oh my goodness. What? How is that? Number one, number two. So, but number three was Beverly Hills Cop 2. Totally makes sense. That's that's a good number three. This movie, Predator, ended up being number 12 for the year. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So it's not bad at all. I mean, you just missed the top 10. Yeah. But for numbers one and two to be Three Men and a Baby and Fatal (laughs) Attraction... Fatal Attraction is not a fun movie. Never saw it. No man wants to watch it because it's about a woman going crazy over her man and potentially killing him and killing other people. And, you know, it's just not. And then Three Men and a Baby was funny. You had some great actors in it. You know, Tom Selleck, Steve, or uh, uh, Tim, uh, bleh, Steve Danson. What am I thinking? Steve Gutenberg, Gutenberg and Ted Danson. There you go. I was mixing up the names. Hey, did yeah. you know that the Stonecutters are the ones that keep <laughs> Steve Gutenberg in, in movies? That's right. That's right. That? Well, the Stonecutters, they've fared, failed the past 20 years or so, they right? They have. I guess yeah. they fell out of favor. <laughs> yeah, they did. Oh, man. Um, if, it, so, if nobody gets that, that's a reference for, uh, to the Simpsons. And they were, they were singing a song about the Stonecutters when they were you know uh, learning a lot about Stonecutters. And one of the lines was, we keep Steve Gutenberg a star. Yeah. They're like, who keeps Steve Gutenberg a star? We do. <laughs> Yeah. So awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great stuff. Um, a couple other things about 1987. Full House debuted on TV, which at the time you and I watched it a ton growing up. But now if you try to watch an episode of Full House, it's it's terrible. You can't watch it. It's not funny. Terrible situations. Illogical. Every oh, step yeah. of the way, people doing oh, yeah. stuff. But The Simpsons, what you had just mentioned, it uh, debuted on the Tracy Ullman show in 87. That's great. Yeah. Um, Reagan gave his famous tear down this wall speech, Mr. Gorbachev. Do you know, uh, actually, so Ronald Reagan, just a quick side note about that speech or him saying that. So the speechwriters literally told him, everybody, the speechwriters, his cabinet, everybody literally said, do not tell Gorbachev to tear down the wall. Like everybody literally really? told him. He went to the stage, uh, from what I recall, saying, yes, I'm not going to say it. But as he's giving his speech, it just comes to him. He just has to say it. And yeah, he says, because it's the right thing. Absolutely. Yeah, his yeah. gut was telling him. 
That's awesome. I never heard that story. That's great. That's great. Um, and the last thing, something that really means a lot to me more, I mean, because I was a little kid more than the wall getting torn down was this was the first year. The first final fantasy game was released. That was a good game. Yeah, yeah it was. And yeah. growing up through the eighties and through the nineties, I played every single version of final fantasy from beginning to end, tried to do all the side quests, rode on a ton of chocobos. You know, I'm, I just love that series. So that was a big thing for me this year. And did you know that Beverly Hills cops, um, in the opening weekend, it was first to Predator. Predator was second in the opening weekend. So Beverly Hills Cop oh. 2 beat it out. I didn't even realize they were open at the same time. Even. Yeah, same weekend. Okay, awesome. You know, I bet if if Beverly Hills Cop wasn't there, Predator would have gotten more money and been higher up on the list. Yeah, maybe. You know, huh. That's one of the things about when you, you know, twelve, uh, uh, Two Men and a Baby, that might have been released in like the doldrums of like August when not many movies back in the day, when not many movies came out. Or maybe it was like a crazy holiday movie and it came out in November. So it got all the holiday money. I mean, yeah. I don't, I can't, if you would have told me Three Men and a Baby got number one in box office in 87, I would have said, no, you're crazy. That's what I would wrong. have said. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're, maybe you're number right. 153, but not number one. So here's some cool things that I've I've learned. So if anybody listening wants to learn more about the Predator, or Predator movie, it's fantastic um, to go watch the YouTube videos. There's a bunch of commentaries and stuff. It's really cool to watch, and YouTube has it all, but you could probably also get it if you actually buy the DVD, they have that. But um, So this was shot in Mexico, and when you look at the jungle that they're going through, they actually had to chop down a bunch of stuff just so the camera can get the field of view. So you don't really see what the jungle's actually like. And when they're walking through it, so I've been... To Alaska, like I said, you know, recently been to Alaska, um, going hiking through. That's a forest. It's like a jungle, but it's it's the forest. It is so dense that you cannot take one step without having to go over something or under something, or it, it's just that ridiculous. Same thing with here. The um, inside of a jungle, it's so much worse. Like when you look, when Jesse Body Ventura says this um, make this makes Cambodia look like Kansas. Um, it actually, like, you don't even see what the jungle actually is like. What they're showing you on the screen doesn't even match up to what the jungle uh. actually is. It's so much worse. But what him with him saying it relays what the jungle is like. You don't see it in the picture. So all that to say, the um, the jungle is so crazy. But they're filming this in Mexico, and they supposedly, um, you know, someplace else. I can't remember exactly where, where it was in Africa that that this was originally the storyline took them. Do you remember? Oh, you know, I don't know if they even mentioned where, what country they were they in. They had a map. Originally. They had a map that they were looking uh, at. I don't I remember, remember the map. Okay. Um, so also... Uh, well, it wouldn't have been Africa because she's supposed to be some kind of a Spanish speaking. So maybe it's like Colombia it was supposed to yeah. be in. Yeah. Did you know that that Gatling gun? So it's it's basically it's a minigun, M134 minigun. And it was shooting like uh, blanks. It was shooting blanks, but the cast and crew were required to stay 50 feet away totally. when it was fired. I mean, you saw that big old flame that it was yeah. shooting out. That thing was brilliant. Um, another cool thing was that the screen has the Predator's vision the 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 heat heat seeking vision it's actually not actual heat seeking vision they had to what they had to do was they had to do a negative of that to make it look so much more positive or you know more brilliant so they had to actually change that up so that's not necessarily heat vision um do you know how the green blood was made uh no i don't know it's just basically glow sticks just took oh that makes sense yeah that makes total sense and in the movie uh, before they actually shot it they were originally it was said it was going to be orange but i like the green i think the green stood out you're talking really about the color of the blood color. yeah okay the color of the blood it's supposed to be orange but 
with green, it camouflages itself. You can't really see it. It just, and it glows really well with the green or, or yeah, the, the glow sticks. Really, really cool. Also, the Predator didn't originally look like the Predator as it is now. Yeah. The Predator looked like some weird, like, bug. It looked terrible what I saw online. Absolutely horrible. And the Predator that you see, that looks like a Predator. Like like something that's going to go hunt other beings. Fantastic. So if you get a chance to see it, you're going to be like, oh, I'm so glad they did not go yes. with that. It wouldn't have been nearly the movie. It would yeah. have been, yeah, It no. As soon as you see that Predator on the screen, those that test footage they did, you know that would not have been been successful. It wasn't scary looking and it wasn't real looking at all. Not at all. So the more humanoid type of yes, uh, predator. That's fantastic. what you need. Also, there was a break in filming for I think like uh, maybe a month or two. Like it was it was a break in filming. And what actually was beneficial was they were able to edit the movie together or parts of the movie. Because if you look at the beginning, there wasn't a ton of action. Obviously, you did have the action of um, you know the fight scene or the, the gunshot scene where they go into the compound and raid that. But all that to say, they were able to edit a lot of the movie and went back to the, produ- the, no, the, the production company and say, here's what we have. And they're like, this is great. Let's give you more money. Make it bigger. Make oh. it better. Yeah. So they were able to make so it. So they increased their budget during yes. that break. Oh, that's, so, that's such an awesome story, man. Yeah. Um, also, this was directed by James Cameron. Mm. Which, Wait, James Cameron? Uh, oh, no, James Cameron no. didn't direct it. James Cameron, I think, was somehow involved and gave them ideas on things. That's what it was. But it was John McTiernan that directed it. Got You're absolutely right. So it completely had the backwards. So John McTiernan was the one that directed it. And so James Cameron had the idea. Um, and I remember what they were saying. So they're trying to design the alien because they knew the original one sucked. And so in the, I think they were on a plane flight together, James mm-hmm. Cameron and one of the, uh, either the director or somebody else. But James Cameron said, hey, I think it'd be awesome if it had mandibles. Yeah. You know, like the, the mouth yeah, thing. Yeah. And that's, hey, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And so awesome. Mm-hmm. So, so. The, the I, thing awesome. I like about that, I don't know if they had it ahead of time, but you know how the uh, Predator, when it's nearby, makes that click, 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 click sound? You can imagine that's its mandibles clicking. I wonder if, they came up with that clicking sound because it's so iconic and it's kind of like the when Jason's coming around Absolutely. the corner or something, you know, um, that mandibles clicking was so awesome. And maybe James Cameron's idea of the mandibles led to that sound, which made it so much more intense within the movie. You know, uh, thinking of the sound that that clicking sound, but also that there's like almost like a purr sound mm-hmm. that it makes um, when you look at the newer movies that recently came out. They didn't actually have a recording of that. So they couldn't use the same that was back in when Predator was made. They had to recreate the whole sound. And oh. said they actually had to find somebody that made the sound with their So mouth they lost as, the footage, the sound footage somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. sound recording. Either that or they never recorded it or something. Oh. But yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, sorry. They probably did record it and put it in. But yeah, it was just gone. And they mm. had to recreate it. So that was pretty neat. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Also, Kevin Peter Hall is like over seven feet and he was the one that played Predator. Yeah. And you could tell this guy, even over seven feet, he's very nimble for being over seven feet. Oh, totally. Feet. Very active. Very, I mean, he he, he did a great, great job. And, and you wonder fun. how heavy the Predator outfit was for him. He must have also been a pretty strong and nimble. 200 pounds, the Predator No suit. way. He was running through the forest, jumping around, going from rock to rock, tree to tree. 200 pounds on him. Absolutely, oh yes. Oh, my God. Absolutely. He must have sweated out 30 pounds of water every day. Easily, because you're in the jungle, and yeah. it's hot and humid. You're just drenched in sweat. Absolutely. He is the, not the, the star's not the right word, but he is the 
um, the pillar upon which the entire movie is set. Because without that character and without that actor putting in an enduring enduring is that the word i guess going through that you wouldn't have had as good of a movie yeah definitely not another cool thing was when they were thinking of the storyline they said let's do a group of hunters coming to earth and hunt they said for some reason they said let's just do one Mm -hmm. and obviously we know in the future movies that they do stuff yeah multiple which is pretty neat but it was also cool that that um the the original lead was supposed to be a native american soldier to be the lead and, you know, but he turned into Billy and then they brought Arnold Schwarzenegger on to be the lead character. Anyway, so there's tons of great facts. I, I, as I was reading through all these, you know, little tidbits about it, I absolutely was like eating it up because like, man, this is such a great movie. One of the biggest things was I wanted to find out who played the Predator. Yeah. And seeing how his, his you know, how they put everything on and it's just fantastic. It was 100%. The only thing I didn't like about the Predator design is um, the scene. Okay, so he's got these hands with these gigantic fingers and with these long fingernails. And sure, maybe a Predator would have long fingernails, but these guys got advanced technology. They're flying through the cosmos. I don't really think you can create super advanced technology and work controls with big, long fingernails. And then when he had to pick up the scorpion it just looks a bit fake like anytime you see extra big feet on somebody extra big shoes you can tell it's a small foot inside of that bigger looking foot same thing with his hands small hand not small but a regular size hand inside of the bigger hand that's the only part i didn't look like everything else was perfect you think sideshow bob with his big feet exactly yes (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely and you i thought the exact same thing when you see his hand pick up the um, tarantula it's like that just doesn't or when his hand is working that med kit yeah and picking up things you could tell it's his fingers halfway like the tips of his fingers halfway up through the predator's fingers yes. that's actually grabbing on things yep. that's what i don't like it takes you out of it just a little bit and with those nails so there's a reason why you have dogs so hunting dogs there's a reason why most dogs have their dew claws the dew claws is you know they have their paw with the claws on the their fingers but there's a dew claw that's just a maybe an inch or two above their mm-hmm. their wrist or where their paw starts that dew claw is usually cut off and the reason why is because it when they were used as either shepherd dogs or hunting dogs or whatever they don't want to have something to get caught yeah and have to take care of an injured animal same thing right rottweilers had their tail or um rottweilers and uh, German, no, sorry, German pitchers have their tails cut is they don't want to have another thing that they have to worry about. Yeah. You know, they get attacked. And so all that to say, you would think a predator that's advanced like this, they were hunting things. They'd say, hey, these nails are not necessary. Let's just chop them off. But, yeah. Yeah. So that's the only thing I didn't like about them. You know, those mandibles are awesome. Having the the kind of flat shaped head with the dreadlocks come. It's just, it's just so cool looking, man. And all the stuff that's on the predator suit that is like ancillary stuff like skulls and weaving things and all that sort of stuff they said they had to do that because they had to hide how they put it together because it's like oh, such a heavy thing those covered the seams yeah yeah all that stuff oh that's that's so smart though that does make a lot of sense um so speaking of john mctiernan he directed this movie as well as die hard hunt for red october last action hero and the 13th warrior like this guy is classic he hasn't been around much since these movies maybe he passed away i'm not really sure i didn't look into that but he is one of the quintessential best action movie directors ever and he did a bang up job with this yeah it's a great great movie i loved it you know what was interesting you had said they had to cut away the forest so it kind of didn't look like a forest or jungle i mean to say no, no, not, not that they not that it didn't is that the field of view for the camera they couldn't get it like it wouldn't look good on oh, screen gotcha. so they had to cut so it back. that's probably why they did a lot of shots 
down below looking up at actors. They did quite a few of those because maybe that gives you a better field of vision with the trees, like the tops of the trees in the background, as opposed to dead on or even from up above looking down. Definitely. Yeah. Sweet. So I really like the storyline of the movie. Mm -hmm. Actually, more the storytelling because obviously an alien movie, it's like you don't really believe because it's an alien. We have never seen aliens, all that sort of stuff, and either they don't exist or do, but you just don't see them. Um, but the storytelling aspect, the arcs of the movie, you know, you have them going into the jungle and then you have them, you know, finding, you think they're the bad guys if you don't know about the predator itself. But like, if you're just watching the story just from fresh, you think they're talking, uh, the, the um, you know, the Colombian guys that are killing the hostages and stuff like that's That's a big deal. And so that's a big climax of, uh, a small climax in the arc of the entire movie. So that's one. And it kind of tapers down. And anyway, so it ke- it just keeps going up and down, up and down. And then it climaxes with Arnold fighting the Predator, which is just terrific. Yes. Um, the storytelling aspect, I found myself when I was watching it, just kind of getting, uh, uh, feeling like I'm on a roller coaster, a good roller coaster. Like, oh, it builds up climax. And then you bring it, oh, that was good. And then the another climax, you bring it, and then you come, come down. And I loved every bit of it. Even like, with the Gatling gun scene where um, Jesse Bonnie Ventura gets destroyed, you know, gets a laser through his his chest, and then um, I can't remember the, the actor's name, the black Mac. actor, Mac. Fantastic! I love that guy. He's he was in Commando. You yeah. know, it's like really cool. So he picks up the Gatling gun, blows away the whole forest, and everybody else comes and shoots. That's a fantastic scene. It That's was. like one of the best yes. scenes there. Um, that you know builds it back up, and then it comes back down, and then it comes takes the body and comes back down. It's just so cool. They yeah. really good storytelling, without a doubt. It was. I mean, one thing happened, and then our our team, you know, Dutch and his crew react this way, and so this happens, and then they have to react like this, and it's just it it is great storytelling. It's also really good building of suspense throughout oh, yeah. the story. You know, something crazy is going to happen because, like you said, they go into the jungle, they find the helicopter. Wow, this doesn't appear to be what it is. It looks like it's some kind of CIA thing, and then they find all the bullets on the ground oh what was this crazy firefight this doesn't make any sense if they were fighting shooting at a guy they'd be shooting at him not all the way around you know then they fight the skinned bodies it just one thing led to another it was great and then what i really liked about through the entire movie you do not not you the characters don't see the predator they see his like spectral outline the entire time his yellow eyes which is great they don't see him until carl weathers character dylan he sees him hanging from a tree when his camouflage goes out real quick and so oh my gosh like we get to see his reaction to seeing the thing for real that was awesome and then you don't see him again or no one else sees the predator again until arnold sees him climbing out of the water you know into the third act of the movie he's finally revealing himself to our characters so our characters have been this this whole time fighting like a ghost or a spirit or some kind of crazy chameleon in the jungle it was just it was awesome and i i i'm not a big fan of how they revealed what the predator looked like to us through that medikit scene like they did a lot of things where they just focused on the kit focused on him picking up something and shooting it into his leg i wish they had just done that never pulled back to reveal the whole predator even though it was for like one and a half or two seconds you know, he was sitting down, so you didn't see him as full standing. He wasn't fully regal and dangerous and imposing. But still, you saw the full Predator. I would have liked it if you just did not see him at all. 
except for his leg in the med kit part until Carl Weathers spots him. That's that, a, I think that would have been even better. So much more suspense. That's mm-hmm. a great point. Cause you see him take off his helmet and all that sort of stuff. And, but um, you don't see his face. Yeah, you're right. You yeah. see him take it off, but you don't see his face, which is great. That was an yeah. awesome reveal at the end. Yeah. They did that reveal better than the prior two star Wars movies. We talked oh. about it when, you know, Kylo Ren takes off his mask. Who's this dude? Never Who's seen him dude? before. Yeah. I don't care what he looks <laughs> like. And that chick that was supposed to be a bounty hunter or whatever, yep. taking off her mask. What? Well, I don't care what she looks like, but the predator, you totally care different. what he looks like under his mask. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like that idea because it continues to build suspense. And I, I talked about this in the Meg, how uh, Jaws, they actually just showed the fin for a, a, like nine-tenths of the movie. Was That's what made me notice this yeah, in this movie. Yeah, the suspense build up. And so if they just showed his leg and you hear the sound, instead of seeing him scream, you hear the sound. That would be totally different. Like you would be, uh, what is this thing? Like what does it actually look like? And yeah. Oh, that's right. Because at one point he roars. Ah, when he. Yeah, you're right. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, if you just if you just see the the character's reaction to hearing that crazy, what kind of animal did that? Yeah. You're right. That would have been more, a little bit more suspenseful. So there were so many iconic quotes inside yes, this movie. Yes, there are. There are. What's so the many. number one? Tell me what the number one Get is. Get to the chopper. Yes, that is. <laughs> Without a doubt. If you watch any, um, you know, um, famous Arnold clips, that is the best one. Other than, I am Detective John Kimball. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Or whatever it was, you know. I mean, there's a few Arnold, but that is the number one Arnold clip. There, there's, um, you know, Asta La Vista Baby, mm-hmm. where in Bowfinger, he goes, where's my Asta La Vista Baby? You know, yeah. Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Really funny. Um, but get to the chopper is was one of the most iconic ones i i also love like i think of over here you know the predator copies that yes um over here there's so many good good ones um when a one-liner where arnold throws the knife and sticks into the dude he's all stick around (laughs) um and then i'll what the hell are you you know yeah looks at him Uh do you have any in your mind that stand out too my favorite one in the entire movie is I ain't got time to bleed. Absolutely. That's it. And then he said, and then Poncho says, you got time to duck. That's a good like uh, rejoinder or whatever. But I just love the, I ain't got time to bleed. It's such a great, such a great line. Absolutely. That's, uh, and from, for my money, that's the toughest, best line in the movie. Other than actually, I like um, Billy's line of uh poncho says billy what's got you so spooked you ain't afraid of no man and then billy says there's something out there waiting for us and it ain't no man i that's that's actually a really good line as well another great line is where the the girl says i found it bleeding in the forest or something like that i found his blood he's uh, and arnold turns around says if it bleeds we can kill it yeah Totally. Absolutely. You're right. Yeah. Terrific. Some great lines in this. Um, You had mentioned the Gatling gun earlier and that amazing mow down the forest scene. Just the Gatling gun itself is just such an incredible presence on the screen. As soon as he turns it and starts shooting, that's all you hear is the whir of the uh, of the barrel as well as the bullets going, of course, right? But it's just such an awesome uh, sound that you hear. And then the visual mowing down the trees, uh, thousands of bullets, you know, going off everywhere. When he kills those two guys down that hallway kind of thing, they get, you know, they probably have 50 squibs on each of them, bam, 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 go off. And it was, I love that Gatling gun, man. Absolutely. So, so terrific. One thing that was just uh, rather dumb on two different occasions um, somebody inside the gorilla camp. I know what you're going to say. Up to Arnold yes. with a gun. Uh-huh. And one, he gets stabbed. Like a knife gets thrown into his chest. The girl walks up with the pistol up to yes. his head. Oh, and try to sneak up. Bullets come 
out yes. of the gun yes. and go pretty far. Mm-hmm. Just shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, and these guys just came into your camp. They're shooting all of you. Why sneak up? Why Absolutely. try to capture one? Just shoot them and dog. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> yes. I agree. That's that's a common movie trope. And and speaking of that one, there are a few other different, uh, you know, different movie tropes in this one. In the very beginning, we get three movie tropes. There's the handshake sizing up between Carl and, and Dutch, you know, we're just sizing each other up. The next one is uh, Dutch. Uh, Dylan tells him, we need the best Dutch. That's why you're here. You know, we need the best. Yeah. Once again, Tom the Gun best. kind of a thing. And then, of course, Dutch has to say, we work alone. When Dylan <laughs> says, well, I'm going with you. Like, those are three movie tropes right there. Another one, never trust the CIA guy. If you, if somebody all of a sudden enters your life, not all of a sudden because he knew Carl Weathers from before, but if he comes back in, pulls you into a mission, he's the CIA, don't trust him. I mean, you got to follow orders, I guess, but you know, like always be on the defenses and be really, really careful. Absolutely. So, um, another quote that comes to me and I actually say this, like if I'm going to a, a red light or a light, I'm driving fast, like in my mind, I, it comes to my mind or if I'm doing something and, and, or like I do CrossFit and there's, you have a time limit, like the workout of the day, it's either like timed or do a like you have to get to do something like you have mm-hmm. to finish. And I think of, it always comes to my mind. I can make it. I can make it. Oh, there Just you go. Get into the air, the, yeah. the, the helicopter. He says, I can make it. I can make it. I'm like, but he's destroyed. Like yeah. his innards are. You got to figure every single. Yeah. He ruptured his spleen. A couple, yeah. uh, not a couple. Every single rib is broken. Yeah, for sure. So that actor, the way he says it, it like stuck in my brain. Yes. Like, I can make it. I love that. Yeah. The little engine that could. Yeah. I can do it. I can do it. Yeah. Um, You know, Shane Black was in this movie. He was the guy with the glasses, Hawkins, that told the jokes and stuff. He actually, he's the one who, he, he's written the upcoming The Predator. I think he's directing it as well. He wrote Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Iron Man 3, he wrote all Lethal Weapons, 1 through 4. Um, he also wrote uh, Last Action Hero and The Last Boy Scout. Oh my goodness. Yeah, this guy, has he's gone on since Predator. Iron Man 3? Yes, Iron Man 3, he wrote. I think he directed it as well. But he's had a super prolific career, wow. and I'm really looking forward. I mean, all those movies I just mentioned, love them all, without a doubt. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to seeing his take, when not as an actor, but as the guy behind the scenes with The Predator. I'm super excited, because... The newer Predators, and we have discussed this, that um, you're a little more forgiving about the newer Predator movies. One and two are fantastic. Love Danny Gulliver, love Arnold Schwarzenegger, love the both of them. Um, terrific storytelling in those. But the, the newer ones are just, uh, they're entertaining, but it, they don't match up by far. They, they feel like a third and a fourth. <laughs> yeah, I'm, they do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really hoping that this one is like, um, let's let's get back to what Predator really really was. Let's get back to the 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 guts of it. And I'm hoping and with having the writer from the first one doing it and and directing it. Well, he wasn't. It. He didn't write the first one. He just starred in it. He was one of the actors in it. Are you sh- well? Yes. Shane yes Black. and no. Yeah. But he also was part of the movie. They offered and said, "Hey, do you want to be part of the movie?" He's all okay. So they paid him as an actor. Not as a writer, but he was he took part in the writing as well. Oh, he was not just so maybe yeah. he was an additional. Okay, he gotcha. He was a producer and I think a writer. He was ah. a big part of everything in the movie. But they just said, "Hey, you want to be a part of it?" He's all okay, and then got in there. Perfect, man. Yeah, and so you're right about that. The guy who's had so much experience started with this 30 years ago. Yep. coming back again. Yeah, he's gonna make it awesome. I'm so looking forward to it. So I really love. The, like I said, the arcs and ebb and flow of the movie. There's big, expensive, not expensive, like um, uh, 
huge climaxes that are small. Like, like they feel like climaxes. Like each part of it is like a big movie, big, big um, ex- um, climax. But the biggest climax is the revealing of the Predator's face and yes. revealing of everything and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger fighting against him. That was, j- that alone, like that last, what, it was like maybe 15 minutes? Mm-hmm. That felt like a whole new movie. It did, it yes. Was, and at night scene, and doing it at night was even better. Because I was thinking, why would you wait till at night it's like maybe there's a difference or maybe there's a reason but he's like I got to get to the chopper you know something mm-hmm. like that but doing it all at night felt like a whole new movie it did without it and i think like logically probably arnold schwarzenegger would want to do it in the day just cuz maybe that crazy camouflage would be easier to see during the day but i think for cinematic cinematic purposes nighttime is better i agree yeah. with you there yeah terrific terrific um, one thing that we had talked about, Top Gun, of course, as I watched it, remind me of Hot Shots the whole time. Thinking about it, one thing from this movie did remind me of Hot Shots. Um, uh, in, in Hot Shots Part Two, because Hot Shots Part Two, she said, um, "We need you to go in to get the men, to get the men, to get the men," <laughs> and that's what they are. They're the team to go in to get the men who got who went in to get the men. <laughs> one level less, but still, same thing. It reminded me again of Hot Shots. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the, the 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 Predator theme music is so iconic. It's another Alan Silvestri classic, and I just I love the music in this movie, hundred percent. The the whole bongo drums or you know the jungle yeah. drums, the percussions and stuff, it really helps to build suspense and to just to really get you involve you into the scene. You know, suck you right in. Absolutely, yeah. So everything about this movie, there there were a couple little. Obviously, walking up with a gun to somebody twice and not killing them. Things like that kind of come up in my head. Um, uh, but you have so many really good actors in it. The The guy that played the Predator, um, was it Michael Jason Hall or something like that? Uh-huh. Um, really, really great. The storyline was great. I, I want to jump into um, the lessons that we learned now. Okay, sure. So... What is your first lesson that you learned? Yeah, the first lesson I learned, um, it's uh, Chew makes you a sexual Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I've got to pick it up. Denise would be so happy if I started chewing. Let me tell you. <laughs> That's lesson number one. <laughs> oh, Jesse Body Ventura is yep. so good in that movie. Mm-hmm. And that was his first movie he's ever done. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was okay. his first movie. So that's a good one. My first one is... When you're in a fight like this, um, competition or poker, sports event or something like that, when you're actually competing or fighting against something, don't change the way you act or play when you have a trick up your sleeve or you have something that's that unexpected to the opponent. It may tip them off. It may tip off your opponent that something coming that is, is a trick or they might be um, trapped in something. Just like in football, if you're going to do a onside kick, you know, where you, the, you're kicking off the ball, you do an onside kick. You don't let them know that you're going to do an onside kick. You don't do anything that's out of the normal. When Arnold, Arnold's character or um, Dutch's character or Dutch, when Dutch says, come kill me, I'm over here, yeah. I'm over here, come kill me. He showed and his hand. He showed his hand. And so he's like, wait a minute, why is he so eager now? He was running away. Now all of a sudden... So that is my one of my first lesson. Do you think Dutch had that idea in mind that, you know, I'm going to make this trap right here. I have to spring it on this side. On the other side of me, this heavy thing's going to fall. If he comes this way, I can 
I can kick not. it. Yeah, no. I, I, you're right. I think well, it was spur of the moment. It ended up working out right that it was a good thing that that big heavy log was on the other side of it. And it's absolutely shown in the storytelling of the video where you see Arnold getting like depressed. Like, yeah, he's like, oh, it's over. crap. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm dead. And he goes around. You can see it. And then he looks up and sees it. Like the way that it shot it. He's yeah. like, oh, that root, there it is. Uh-huh. Kick it. And yep. then, yeah. That perfect, perfect. I love that. I love that scene just in general. Oh, before I get to my second lesson, I really love the when they're fighting at the very end after he reveals his face, he grabs Arnold by the neck, puts him up to the tree, and you see the size difference between the two. Oh, it was just incredible. Well, like, you know what's interesting is Arnold's not that tall. He seems tall, mm-hmm. but he's not that tall. He's maybe 5'11". Yeah, like we mentioned in Top Gun, how they make some actors, Robert Redford, Tom Cruise, appear bigger. Maybe they do the same thing a lot of Arnold movies. Yeah, so what was interesting, so in Fresno, when Arnold was governor or either running for governor or whatever, he came to Fresno. And what was interesting is you and I had a convenience store called Downtown Express in the downtown Fresno area. Arnold Schwarzenegger was walking past our store and my wife runs out and gets a Polaroid picture. Cause this was, I don't know, 10 years ago or eight years ago. And we didn't have cameras that took pictures really well and all that sort of stuff. But we had a Polaroid camera. Um, it was like one of the last ones ever made. And so my wife runs out there and says, Hey, can I get a picture of you? And so my wife's not that tall. She's like five, six. I'm taller than her by at least like an inch or two. And when I, as I'm looking at the picture, cause I didn't get to see and, and meet Arnold. My wife did. Um, so she got a picture of him and Arnold's maybe like three or four inches taller at most. Yeah. So he's like five ten. Mm-hmm. Five, I don't think he's five nine, but five ten, five eleven. But you see the predator. Um, uh, is it Jason Michael Hall? Is that his name? Uh, oh yeah, the actor's name is Kevin Peter Hall. Kevin Peter Hall. Jason Michael. <laughs> totally way off. At least I know he's got two first names. Yep. Um, so he's seven foot, and so huge difference. That's two feet. Or not two, a foot and maybe and a, a few half. inches, yeah, yeah, a few, yeah. So you could easily see the difference. Super awesome. Yeah, without a doubt, it was. So my second lesson was: sometimes you can't run; you've just got to make a stand. And I love that about this movie. Arnold realized that this guy, whatever he's, whatever he is, whether he's human or not, he's capable of picking us off. He's capable of getting in, of avoiding our trip wires. We are not going to make it that far before he gets to us. And it's great that they decided to make that stand. And in that whole scene and the final last scene you realize that that these guys while they have great guns and tactical skills they've got some other good trap building skills and and you know whatever else to take down a, a crazy predator like this i yeah. really love that aspect of it so yeah sometimes oh and that just reminds me of friday the 13th movies if there's ever somebody chasing you with a machete or something yeah run if you can but you're probably better off just standing your ground grabbing a weapon and trying to take that guy out if he's not coming at you with a gun you know, so I'm going to give something away. So I always conceal carry. It's a, a pistol. So conceal carry is where, where you have a pistol on you. Um, you have a license, I, a permit and license. Um, praise the Lord. I live in Arizona where you don't need one, but it's good to have cause you get training. Get, you, and, um, so I'm always carrying a pistol with me. And so anytime, like there are stupid people out there that want to be internet stars they do things like the, I can't remember what it's, I don't know what it's called, but there's a video camera that somebody, a, a random person doesn't know. And somebody comes out like acting like they're a clown with a battle ax and fake chop off somebody's head and then come after you. Have you seen those, no. those videos? So it, it's a thing. Like people do that. They tr- they try to trick you into thinking you're, you're going to be attacked by this clown thing that or is a idiotic. crazy person or whatever. 
I would literally pull out my pistol and raise up and the guy would hopefully say, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. But I'm not going to... I'm not going to be like a lemming and just let them come or you know run away or whatever. If somebody's going to come at me, I'm protecting my family first. And number two, I'm going to take care of the threat. All that to say, don't do stupid things like that. Yes. If you're ever going to do that, people are, they conceal carry because they want to protect themselves and protect their family. You could get shot. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. I'm completely. So I'm always ready to stand to, your ground. Yeah. Stand my ground. Mm-hmm. M- m- and protect the so family. Protect the family. Yeah. That's exactly. Gotcha. I carry it to protect my family. And once my family's taken care of, if I'm able to help, I will help. But it's always protecting my family. Yeah, 100%. So my next lesson learned is being expendable is never a good thing. Mm -hmm. Just like when we watched the um, skyscraper. The stupid tech guy, the the, the nerd oh the tech gosh. guy says, hey, I'm the only one that can do this and everything's set up just for you. You you don't have any problems and I'm the only one that can do it and everything's going to be great for you from now on. Aren't I good at this? Uh, boom. Kapow. You're dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're expendable. Mm-hmm. They don't, so always never be expendable. That's never a good thing as well as always have something that makes you needed. There, and there are plenty of movies that's that the character is actually smart. I You need me. Yes. Like, don't kill me because you need me. And they always have a hold holdout because they know they can be killed and expendable. So Dutch and his team are ab- their assets. They're expendable assets. And that's not a good thing. Yeah, without a doubt. And that goes to just real world too. If you work at a corporation or something, be not or don't be expendable. Be the go-to guy for every task. Always get everything done. Be great at your job. Be willing to help. Be the guy that the boss would hate it when you decide to quit. So they would never fire you. They would if they have to make layoffs, they're going to lay off three or four other guys before they get to you. Same exact kind of thing. Just real world application right there. Yes. Um so my final lesson is you can shave without shaving cream. And Mac <laughs> does it in the movie. And I don't know if I've ever told you, Dust, but for the past five years, I don't use shaving cream. Oh, I, I haven't bought shaving cream in at least oh. ten, 10 years. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't even use soap. I just get my face wet and okay. I just use a dry razor. I, I use, so I usually have a beard mm-hmm. or some sort of a beard. Yeah. So you have to do my cheek, like upper cheeks and then my blow my neck. Yep. And so more often than not, I'll just use a razor. Mm-hmm. If it's too long, then I'll put some soap on and then do that. Oh, uh, yeah, gotcha. Never need shaving that's, cream. That's how I am too. No yeah. shaving cream. Shaving cream is a waste of money. It is. It's really just a lubricant is all it does. And soap is just mm-hmm. huge lesson. So that's a good, that's probably where I, we learned it. Maybe that, that is. That it seriously ago. is. Yeah. All right. So I have two more. Two more good ones. Okay. But I'm going to give you one right now. Or the, fir- the third is always be ready to adapt to every situation to give you an advantage and be smart and watch out for things that you can exploit in your opponent. Where Arnold or Dutch realizes that he couldn't see him because he was camouflaged. Like, he's not seeing like I am. Let me... Where he's camouflaged all the time. I can't see him. I got to get somewhat an advantage where he doesn't know that I know this. Let me exploit it by covering myself up. And so he did a good job. He, if he would have hit him with that rocket or that that, uh, that that spear that he threw, if he would have literally hit that him. That very with first weapon, if he would have hit him, it would have been over. That would have been mm-hmm. over. So yes, be ready to, and and watch for things that you can exploit in your opponents. Just like when you, you play poker and you teach poker, um, how to play poker and how to study poker. Um, if you see a tell or you see something in your opponent, don't give it away. Nope. Don't say, hey, I, I know what you do. And don't do that. But you watch out for it and then you exploit it. Yeah. And Mikey did that terribly in rounders. He oh. let the, the John Malkovich's character with the Russian, what was his name? He had a special name. He had a nickname, right? But whatever it was, he let him know what the tell was, and then he threw the cookies across the room. Come on, Mikey. What are you doing right there? Well, the, but the character does say, you know, I could have let him do it all night, but he didn't have the time. He wanted to get it done with. 
which is rather stupid in my opinion. <laughs> it is rather. You, I yes. mean, it's it's unless he really thinks this is going to get under his skin, maybe then he'll did. start tilting and making more mistakes. Maybe that was his goal, and it probably is because that's how he got. He got so pissed off yes. and he was so upset yeah but anyways yeah that, rounders is another good movie yeah, yeah. So, so what was your last my last one so being a hunter so i am a hunter not a predator but i am a hunter um never take your eyes off your target mm. what can you think of a scene in predator that helps me to learn that lesson well yeah when mac and dylan both they were trying to one was trying to go around they were trying to flank him to push him into the other they didn't take their eyes off of him I mean, I would have, at the, at, at the count of three, me and you, Mac, we're going to take aim and we're just going to let loose right now from here, see if we can wound it. Yeah. Maybe there'll be a little bit of blood trail or something that we can follow. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, a, better, uh, there's a better way to handle the situation than they did. Yeah, absolutely. Because even if you get two rounds in it, like three, two, one, launch, and then you can see where he goes. Because you once you see the outline, you can kind of follow it. Eventually, you'll lose it. Yeah. But you might get a couple bullets in it. You know you need to do that. Try to sneak around. Yeah. He's not going to stay there. Yeah. He's a hunter. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, he's a predator. He he knows if you're not shooting, you're reloading. If you're not reloading, you're moving. Yes. If you're not moving, you're dead. Mm-hmm. He knows that. And so he moves. So never take your eye off your target. Um, especially like when I go hunting, hunting for deer. If I see a deer, I do my best. Even if I got to get closer because either too far or whatever, I do my best to always watch them. Totally. Because they, they don't know that you're watching them. Or hopefully they don't know what you're watching them. And they're not... They're, they don't sit still. Mm-hmm. So they start moving. They're constantly moving, they're, constantly they're con- grazing. Yeah, grazing, I mean. Yeah, all animals are constantly moving other than like a pig, you know. But they're constantly moving, so you always got to watch them. They don't know. They're not trying to get away from you. It just, you take off your eyes for like 30 seconds. They they moved and you, a tree hit them or something. Like, where'd they go? Yeah. So never take your eye off target. Absolutely. And does is that probably your Monday morning quarterback? That is close. Okay. Actually, no. Nowhere near. Oh. <laughs> so, my money morning quarterback is Billy should not have thrown his gun into the river. I agree. Yes, there was only one way, as as far as we could tell, one way to cross that ravine, right? Along that uh, fallen tree. Yes. And along with that, taking a stand, of course, I, I get it. I get why he's doing it. He's prideful and all that sort of stuff. He wants to, you know, fight man, mm-hmm. man to alien or whatever, like a hand-to-hand combat. I completely get it. But literally, that's the way to cross and if you have somebody on the other side with the rifle, you see the predator drop down. And because, you you know, you want to get him to cross over there and make, you know, if Arnold was standing there with a rifle on the backside hiding, and then you got Billy right there, shoot him. Because you see him drop trying to address um, uh, uh, Billy. Yeah. Then shoot him and get a couple bullets in him. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's totally. how I would have played it out. At the time, they didn't know about the predator's vision. And maybe if Dutch was hiding... Uh, he would have still seen the heat and figured something was up, but maybe. maybe but well, no, no. Well, maybe, maybe not. But that still should have been their plan. Yeah, that totally makes sense because yeah. if they know about his vision, maybe they would try a different plan. But they don't know, and that's that's exactly what I would do. Yeah, Billy was just wasted. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just a waste. So if he was not in the center of the tree, like if they didn't do that and they wanted to keep moving, Billy should have been back mm-hmm. waiting for him. Yeah, and as soon as you see the predator drop. Bam, 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 bam. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you. There. I mean, you could literally, like, if you think you want to hide the gun, you can do that. Put the gun behind you. As soon as it drops, pull it out and start firing, and you can see where it goes. And yeah. yeah, totally. What about your? What's your Monday morning quarterback? Mine is Dutch should not have blown up the chopper 
that Dylan had already fired through the front window shield or windshield, whatever, and killed the two pilots. Absolutely. I had that right when I saw that. I was like, oh, that's a money. What are you doing? Losing your chopper. This is your way out in case. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. 100%. Yeah, so that was mine right there. The other one, very simple, that same scene, the sentries should not be facing towards camp. <laughs> they should be looking out the whole time. Oh, big freaking that, dummies. That's how it always is. You know, yes, they, it they, is. They yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so what is your movie prop that you would like to own? Well, the number one, of course, is the Predator mask. It's, that really is, that would be the coolest thing. The actual mask from the movie would be awesome hanging up right now on a shelf right there. But just a, a different kind of movie prop. I really like the scene when Billy pulled out that knife. He pulled out that gigantic, it wasn't exactly a machete, but it was the largest Bowie knife I've ever seen. That must, thing must have been 14 or 16 inches long. I would like to have that knife that he ah. cut himself with at the end. So, that he used, that he shouldn't have been using. He should have been holding a gun like you said. But still, that knife was freaking awesome. That was. I remember seeing that. Or when I first saw it pull out, I was like, that's not a knife. Well, that is a knife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <yep. laughs> so my first thought when I thought of a movie prop, I thought of the the minigun, the Gatling gun. Yes, yeah. I first saw that, but I was like, oh, that's not very practical. It'd be awesome to have. Let me get something practical. Definitely the Predator mask. I mean, if I were to pick anything, that is the most iconic thing. Um, the second thing came to mind was his, um, on top of the minigun and the helmet. The second thing that I would say, if I oh. could get the helmet, the next thing would be, because um, I wouldn't pick the minigun, it would be his arm uh, pad with the explosion, like the um, you know nuclear device that detonated, that also had the the forks, two prongs, the, the forks, pro- yeah. prongs that uh, spun out. So in thinking of that, I would definitely pick the helmet. But quickly, want to go back to that fork thing. I did not understand how the predator heats up the fork, spreads it apart. Number one, why would he do that? Yeah, I don't know. Number two, you see him slam down and um, go around. Arnold's neck or Dutch's neck into the tree and kind of spike him there, not really kill like hurting him, but like holding him there, pinning him down. So that's that's that. Next, the next time you see the fork, it's back to being normal. Uh huh. You know, so that's a, a movie fail or whatever you would yeah. call like something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I just like man, why? That's just weird. But oh well. Cool. Beans. So what oh. rating would you give Predator? One hundred. Wow. One hundred. Easy. Easy hundred. Because yep. I can rewatch this over and over again. Loved it so much. Oh my god! Like I gave Top Gun what a ninety six. Mm-hmm. This I is gave it an eighty. <laughs> if if I were to compare Top Gun to Predator, I would absolutely watch Predator over Top Gun. Hundred percent. So in in that mind, you know, thinking of Top Gun dropping it just a couple hairs because I would absolutely give uh, Predator either ninety eight or a hundred. Like mm-hmm. it's, I would absolutely watch it over and over again. My and I would recommend to anybody to watch it. Absolutely, wholeheartedly. If you haven't seen it. Get ready to live. <laughs> yeah, get ready fantastic. to live. Awesome. So is there anything that we failed to mention about the movie? I think I'm good. How about you? Uh, nope, I'm good. I'm good. So for the listeners, please go to watchandlearnpodcast.com slash predator to check out our list of life lessons, a link to the official trailer, and some screenshots we have there of Arnold and the Predator, of course. And, um, oh, wait, before we go, my bad, you chose predator and just like i had mentioned last week with the predator coming out next week it's just perfect timing for it my choice for next week is of course the predator the predator super excited i can't wait to watch it me too me too for sure I'm so glad you chose it. good choice good good so thank you very much everyone for listening and we will return next week with the predator the predator